Craft Beer Radio, episode 89, September 8th, 2007. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. This is Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. Now we're not doing our, our we we know we said we're going to do our drawing episode eighty nine, but we're actually going to delay it one episode. Consider this a bonus episode. Yes, this is eighty eight point five, maybe or eighty nine. We're going to label it eighty nine. I think ninety is going to be our drawing. Okay, so what we're doing here is it's uh, right before we go out to San Francisco. I thought it'd be a pity to sit on the plane and not have a show to edit. So right before you go out to San Francisco, yes, I'm going out to San Francisco. <laughs> That would be a pity not to have a show to edit while I'm sitting in that metal tube with no connectivity. Uh-huh. So I'm like, hey, Greg, come on up. Let's do a show before I go out. Let's do it. So tonight we're uh, doing – it's more of a grab bag of beer, but overall they're Belgian style. And uh, we are going to catch up on email. That's the main goal of the show. Right, because we've been unfortunately lax in that. Let's start off with this one, the uh, triple from New Belgium. All right. This was, I believe, available in their airport station that we stopped at. Yeah, they at. actually had it in a bottle there, yeah. We are drinking all these beers and going to try to drink them tonight in, in these tulip glasses. Just because it's probably more fitting that way. And this one pours a straw golden color with a nice pillowy head, about fingers worth there. The lacing is really nice on the glass. Look at that. The way it just kind of laces around mm-hmm. yeah pours rather clear it's golden color i would say i'm not sure if i would go as far as straw it's more of a golden nice urine color <laughs> we have an email about that that's a triple it smells like a nice triple yeah it's uh it's not overly sweet in the aroma which is nice. It's a little bit of a dry right. sweetness there. So is it a, a grainy sugarness? I mean, if you were to mix a, a whole bunch of barley with, with I don't know some table sugar, mix it up, and just put some water in it, it would probably smell a lot like this. Hmm, it actually tastes a lot like it smells. Yeah, it's a, it's a good flavor. It um, wow, there's there's a lot going on in this one actually. So it starts off with that the the sweetness, but it's not like I said, it's. Dry sweetness is almost an oxymoron, isn't it? So it's. I wouldn't. I, no, I, I would not call this dry. This is. It, there's a little bit of a bitingness to it. A little bit of a. Okay. Of, of a. Um, of a crispness to it that, that I think is is and crispness is not really the right word either. Biting is a better word. Biting a little bit of spiciness to it, maybe. Uh, that's not from the hops. It's more from kind of the. The the, the maltiness of it, I guess. De- and but there's a big there's a big envelope of sweetness around. It. That's why I wouldn't call it dry. There's still this okay yeah. sweet. Uh, it, it, it's buoyed by this big sweetness underneath it. Okay, yeah, that's if I can see where you're getting. There is that bite, the almost the chalky flavor. Yeah, it doesn't really taste chalky in your tongue, but it's a it's that leading into the chalky flavor. Right? That little bit of dryness on like on the sides of your tongue or something like that. That powdery, uh, talcum type uh, texture, and then yeah, there's some sweetness that kind of sits on your tongue, and you can definitely taste the the the, the fermentables from the not the fermentables, but the 
when you we're all out of source today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We didn't warm up enough, I guess. So Belgian triples fermented with the Belgian candy sugars. And when they ferment, they give you this they ferment more completely than fermentable sugars from just barley alone. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a lot drier type flavor generally. And the alcohol seems to be a little bit more that biting you're talking about, I would kind of relate that to the alcohol that, from that's the candy probably, sugars. That's probably where it is, not malt, like I was saying. I mean, right. yeah, it seems weird to say malt is biting. Yeah. I, yeah, like I said, we're out of sorts today. Yeah. <laughs> it is so, a Saturday. Yeah, I'm trying to describe... We had lots of sleep. I'm trying to describe these different components by themselves, but they're very hard until I kind of paint the whole picture, you know? Think of, think of biting in the center, surrounded by sweetness. There's a little bit of pepperiness at the end, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, it gives yeah. it a nice... Nice spicy finish. And, and floral a bit. There's a bit mm-hmm. of, of potpourri kind of at the end. There's a lot going on in this beer. And it's funny. I am very fickle when it comes to New Belgium. Right. Um, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this because Lou Bryson recently posted a blog post about, or actually it was his Buzz article for this month, about how um, beer geeks dissing on Fat Tire are, you know, what are they thinking? What are they doing? You know, because... They're a big craft brewery, so they're not good anymore, like Anchor or Sierra Nevada. That's not why I dislike Fat Tire. Right. Well, you know, I... I, I mean, we, we, just, we just did a, po- a pre-show about how much we really like Sam, or at least that was one of the, the, the parts of the show, is how much we like Boston Lager. Right. That they're bigger than New Belgium. And that's, um, in some senses, the even a more accessible beer than, than, than Fat yeah. Tire. So, I mean, it's funny, because I started to write a, re- a rebuttal to his his blog post. But I didn't like how it turned out, so I didn't end up posting it. But I was kind of bringing the points where, you know, I'm very fickle when it comes to New Belgium. You know, I, I drink Fat Tire, I drink 1554, and they, I think I'm picking up their signature house yeast, and it tastes earthy. It tastes like dirt. You know, something along those lines. I don't want to be that disingenuous when I say like dirt, but it has a dirt-type flavor to me. And we also detect a little bit of greasiness, or at least we have Yeah, a little bit of greasiness and whatnot. So I started writing all this thing, and I'm like, yeah, and you know, their consistency, at least on my palate, is suspect as well, because we had uh, Skinny Dip and Sunshine Wheat here in the studio on the show, and we loved them. We thought they were great, along with a couple of the other new Belgian beers. Less than a week later... We're in the Denver, Colorado airport, right. very close to the brewery, at a bar that has New Belgium's name on it, and the Skinny Dip and the Sunshine Weep tasted like crap. Yeah. They, they were just bad. They, so I'm trying to think, why? And I'm like, maybe maybe in the bottles that were sitting here for a longer period of time, more yeast settled out or something, and they weren't tasting as much of the yeast profile. I'm not so sure, because this bottle was sent at the same time. And more liking it, you wouldn't think you'd use their house cheese for a Belgian triple because you need something a little higher attenuating. Right. I don't know. It's just I'm very fickle when it comes to New Belgium. And so I had a fat tire. I had a fat tire left over in the fridge. I drank it. I didn't hate it, but the way I drank it was more of a beverage to have in my hand while I'm working on the computer, not when I'm sitting here thinking about analyzing so you do have that those moments where I, you're drinking a beer and you're not really... I mean, I still thought about the flavors a little bit, but I didn't go to the next level of going past, you know, just the general caramel flavor mm-hmm. from New Belgium. And while I didn't think it was the best beer I ever had, it was, it was entirely, you know, 
unoffensive. You know, it wasn't something I didn't want to drink. Well, I'm not disagreeing with Lou to the idea that some people may dislike Fat Tire simply because New Belgium's gotten too big and they're of the sorts that don't like anything that gets too big. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gone on record as saying that I find that kind of logic and reasoning to be really faulty and, and the idea that people think that way, it, it strikes me as really silly. However, I don't think that's a legitimate... It's legitimate to say that all craft beer geeks and craft beer people, you know, look at that the same way. I generally have a genuinely have a dislike for Fat Tire. I really don't well, like the beer that much. If you read Lou's post, he says, you know, I'm not talking about people who just don't like Fat Tire because they don't like it. I disagree with them, but I don't have a problem with them. It's the people who call Fat Tire flat tire, you know, things like that. Give them dis, you know, just writing them off because. Sometimes I've had Shiner, or I've had fat tires that have tasted fairly similar to Shiner Bach, you know, and I don't care for the yeah. taste of Shiner Bach either. And then, actually, you know, the fat tire I had the other night wasn't as bad. It was better than the one we had in the Denver airport last year on our way out to Idaho. We had a fat tire then. Yeah. And that one didn't taste very good no, either. No, and you know, Maybe it's the Denver airport. Maybe maybe the Denver airport contributes something to it. or Maybe it's, it's, it's had a different air pressure and maybe it tastes a little bit differently. Who knows? I don't know. You know, not, we don't want to. We don't want to crap on Shiner too much because I remember we love their Kolsch. Yeah, so. but just the Shiner Bach. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just gonna. I want. I'd love to try their '97, '98, their anniversary beers. Can't get them here, but just the Shiner Bach. It's just yeah. Mm. Well, this is supposed to be the email show. <laughs> get a little off topic, aren't we? Okay. So you have an email here, uh, Matt from Raleigh writes, writes in, and he, uh, he wants to donate his DVD $25 to Jeff's Kids 21st Birthday Fund. Okay, put that $25 in a CD and wait 20 <laughs> years and let's see how much of his college that will actually pay for. <laughs> well, it's just the beer is the night of his 21st birthday, that's all. Oh, Okay. So you might. I mean, hopefully it outpaces the cost of a pint right. of beer. Yeah, I'm saying. I mean, what? Because it'll buy five pints of beer right now. We'll buy five pints of beer. You know, if I invest I don't it properly. Know, Twenty-one years from now, I figure a beer. You know, a pint of beer is probably going to be three hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> That's because you're using all the farmland, farmland to grow ethanol, we'll right? Be, we'll be using euros anyway, right? <laughs> probably. <laughs> he says he hears a, hear us guys often deriding ourselves. During the pre-show, sounding unpolished during the main show, using verbal twitches, um, and uh, oh boy, do we ever, <laughs> and so forth. I really think it's just you guys being self-conscious. Honestly, I don't tune in to hear professional boring beer reviews. I tune in to hear, listen to two guys who know a crap load about beer and talk passionately about it. Even more, I tune in to hear two pretty cool, pretty cool seeming guys shoot the crap about beer. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Of course, we're self-conscious about ourselves. I think any time we, any time you listen to yourself, if you were to tape yourself and listen to yourself back, almost everybody thinks that it's the same thing with it's the same thing with, with looking at a picture of yourself. Right. It never matches your self-image. Mm-hmm. Listening to yourself on a recording never matches exactly how you felt you sounded. Right. It's filled with ums and uhs and pauses. You, you don't hear the ums and ahs when you're speaking in normal conversation, but when you're editing the show. You hear them. <laughs> oh, you, you, you hear them constantly. That's the thing about listening to your to your own product, and that's why it's it is us getting self conscious. 
We're no, always we're always going to be self conscious. We've never strived, you know. I've never strived to put on a show where hey, we're the ninety two seven rocking DJs. You know, well, geez, Jeff, let's do some beer today. Let's talk about this excellent beer, or you know, NPR sound or anything like that. Yeah. No, I mean we're just two guys trying to put out a show that doesn't irritate people, and I think that's the point where we're trying to get to. And for you, we're obviously there. But we want to get the vocal ticks, the the false starts, the stutters, mostly cleaned up, just so it's not irritating and pathetic. I guess. I mean, Jeff has to edit the shows. The less editing he has to do, the better. I would rather not be uh 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 uh, uh all the time because that must get really annoying. And I've listened to some of these shows uncut, and it is really annoying to listen to some of the stuff before Jeff actually cuts it. I really think that if Jeff didn't edit the show. You'd probably have a different opinion. <laughs> he very well might. Well, Matt, thanks for the email. I got an email from Chris Wright. He is uh, pitching the Beer Journal, thebeerjournal.com. He's an avid all-grain homebrewer, self-professed beer lover of fine brews, and he's written a book called The Beer Journal. It sent us a, a review style, and uh, it's a pretty cool book, so we're going to mention it to our listeners. Some of, some of you might find it interesting. So we have a spiral-bound book here, and it starts off with a quick reference of... Uh, Beer styles. He basically takes the BJCP style guides and puts it in this handbook. Let's start off by saying this book is for the uh, the note taker. Yes. The uh, should we say anal retentive type beer geek? <laughs> the concept is you have in the front you have your index of style guides and exactly what you should be looking for. In a now beer. the style guide is useful because if you go to the BJCP website and print it out, it takes a lot of pages right. of paper. It's on eight and a half by eleven, where this is on half sheets of paper. So it's a nice form factor for the style guides. Then the next part of it is a what is this? A beer tasting log, really? Is there anything it, in between? A, oh, so he covers glassware, serving beer. So it's a little bit of how to taste a beer. It's a little bit of guides there for the beginner. Good stuff. But the majority of the book is actually stuff that you fill out yourself. It's a beer tasting log, so you can mark, mark down stuff you find with any beer, and then also a subsequent taste, tasting of it if you want to. And there's also festival guide sheets. So when you go so to So it looks like there's festival, like a, more or less 80 pages where you can review beers. And then there's the festival guides where there's this grid, kind of like a spreadsheet, where you can mark down the beer, the brewery, just a little square for notes and whether you would taste it again. And there's 20 or so festival guides. So this is this is a and a notes guide. Too. Oh, and a brewery tour thing it looks like here where you can review certain breweries capacities. It's definitely for the note taker, yeah. but it's a nice package. So that's thebeerjournal.com and it's kind of like uh, a trapper keeper for beer. Kind of is. Check well, check Craft Beer Radio in the future for more information hopefully, and also if you really want to check out the beer without looking at Craft Beer Radio, go to thebeerjournal.com. Thanks, Chris. Okay, so let's um let's go on to our next beer. This is the Green Flash Triple. Yes, this beer I was listening to Pacific Brew News, and this beer just won the Golden Bear at the California State Fair. From what I gathered, California being the Bear Republic. So yes, from what I gathered, the Golden Bear is the uh, top level award, or the Blue Ribbon might have been the top level, but this was pretty prestigious as well. I'm like, hey, I got a relatively fresh belt triple from Green Flash. Let's see what it tastes like on the show. This is an A22 ounce bomber. So it's a lot of beer. It pours a... a 8.5% alcohol by volume, bottle conditioned. 
And let's see. I got 8.59%. That's kind of what I expect for a triple. The uh, New Belgium was around 7.8%. So, yeah, it's in that 8 to 9. You know how we were talking about marketing speak before? And we were like, what would you like to see on the label? Listen to this. Green Flush Brewing Company, Fine Handcrafted Ales, San Diego, California. Triple Belgian style ale. Rich pale malt flavors provide a solid base for a zesty Styrian golding and Czech saws hopping. Trappist ale yeast contributes to fruity, spicy profile of classic monk-brewed Belgian ales. Our triple is luscious, fiery, golden brew, and a contemporary rendition of a traditional Belgian triple. That is what we want to see on the label. Well, I can do without the luscious, you know, but then again... (laughs) Okay, so one word, but the fiery, golden... Brew with contemporary redemption of a Belgian triple. That's useful. So yeah. one word you have a problem with. Luscious. I, I just have I, I I have a problem with putting words into people's mouth. You know, and to pimping your own beer on your own label, I understand why you want to do it. <laughs> it's your own label. You want to pimp your own but, beer. So if you had to re edit this and not rewrite the entire thing, you'd take the word luscious out. I, How's that compared to most beer labels? You well, know? okay, yeah, you got a point there. It's a very. It tells you what kind of hops, what kind of flavors, how it compares to the standard. I like that label. But I would use instead of using luscious, I would use full bodied. Full bodied, uh, yeah, that's a good example because it, it, it's a little bit more descriptive. Luscious sounds more flowery. Luscious. Oh, luscious. All right. So, what's this thing smell like? There's a little bit more of that alcohol bite, um, and actually a little bit more sweetness in this. It doesn't smell as grainy as New Belgium. And the color is darker, too. The color is... It's a darker gold. It's a little cloudy. It is bottle conditioned like you read on the bottle. There's a little bit more uh, fire in the aroma, right? Feel it back in your esophagus and your lungs. Well, that's the alcohol. that, That alcohol is coming off of this. Uh, much you know, stronger than it was coming off the new budget. I wouldn't say much stronger, but certainly stronger to the point where it's more perceivable. Where you were getting yeah. mostly sugars and stuff in the aroma, you're getting a lot more alcohol evaporation in this one. That's really good. There's... Oh yeah. So this one has more body than the new Belgian did. Wow. There's, there's kind of like a, a, a cinnamon, um, yeah, yeah. For, sort of flavor or. Um, and maybe a ginger too, and it's like it's it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's got it's got a real a real nice taste. I wouldn't say that it's quite fits. Would you say cinnamon apples? Cinnamon apples is yeah yeah. There's that yeah I would okay yeah. It's not quite man candy like we were talking about <laughs> before, right? But um, yeah, I mean it's not like you're really tasting apples and sh- yeah. you know sugar candied apples, but. When you think, when you taste this and you think cinnamon apples, there's definitely a colary there. There's also now a little bit of, of this is West Coast, so there's hop bitterness at the end. There's um, a little bit of earthiness from hops. I think that's probably Zots at the end. Yeah, I think you get right. It's, it's really hard to pick out with all the, the alcohol. There's some phenols from the yeast. So I'm getting some spicy finish. Which I think is a little bit of phenols and maybe a little bit of zots mixing in together. Interesting to use zots in a in a triple. It's it's not completely out of the the ordinary. Okay. 
I mean, it's in the family of hops you would use. You would use continental hops. So you would use Syrian Goldings, uh, Hollertau, Tetnanger, Lizots. You know, it's not completely unusual to use Zots in it. Now, using like Warrior, Amarillo, and Chinook in a Belgian <laughs> triple, that'd be unusual. It'd be a little crazy. <laughs> mm, this triple tastes like cat pee. It's funny, we have less to say about this beer than we do the new Belgium. But it's yummier. <laughs> <laughs> How ironic. Brandon Peterson wrote an email saying, Can you recommend a good readable history of craft beer, especially in the U.S.? I saw the book about food and beer, but that's not what I'm looking for. Or if there are no books on the topic, how about an internet site? That would be helpful. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure of any books that really delve into that category. A lot of books will have it as a last paragraph or you know something near the end of the book. What I would recommend to you, probably the best documentarian source I've seen is the the DVD that um, that Anheuser Busch actually did, uh, American Brew. Right. Well, it was here's the beer. Here, well, it was here's the beer, but right. Anheuser Busch, American beer. You might think that it's going to be start out with you know Budweiser, Budweiser, Clydesdales, football, Swedish bikini team, but you don't see anyone. For, it starts off with um, Ken Grossman, I think from Sierra Nevada, and you don't see anyone from anheuser Bush for like 35, 40 minutes into the DVD, and you see George Rice. George and, Rice. And he's, he's a great guy. He's one of the, you know, he's great. He loves his beer. But um, check that out. That's a really good documentary for craft beer, even though it's put, by, put off by someone you might not expect it to be such a good movie. I agree. I, I watched it. And I was I was really impressed with it. I was not expecting to be impressed with it, mm-hmm. and I was really pretty impressed with it. It was uh, and, and almost moving at times. I mean, especially someone who's a real fan of of beer, it was kind of moving. Yeah, the History Channel's Modern Marvels about brewing is more so what you would expect the Anheuser Busch to put out, where right. it was thirty eight minutes of big breweries growing up through refrigeration. You know, like basically the twenties through the sixties, and then. There was a little segment of craft brew at the end, and then it recaps with big beer. Right. And that's what I was expecting. You see another documentary just like that one? Like that guy from, I remember that one. It was awful. They had that guy from Miller. Like, has a big glass of, like, Miller Light. Goes, mm, that's a good beer. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. It's got to be. Actually, no, that was the guy from Vice Stuff Owner. No, no, oh, no, 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 okay. no, no. It was a guy from Miller Lite. Because he does that. The guy pours a Hefeweizen out of Weinstuffer's tanks. He drinks it, and he says, oh, that's a good beer. And he had... It was a guy from Miller Lite. You know, oh, Miller okay. Lite, he was drinking this thing. It was huge, you know. It was, you know, Pilsner glass, and he was drinking this Miller Lite out of it. Okay. <sighs> so check out American Brew from uh, Here's to Beer. Uh, you can actually buy it off of beeradvocate.com. They're selling it there. Might as well support the Beer Advocate guys. Since yeah. We don't have any, you know, makeup on it, so... Go for that. We had Veronica write in. She wanted to tell us about their Fresh Hop Festival. She emailed us about this last year, too. This is in Yakima, Washington, on October 6th. So if you can get to the area or in the area, sounds like a pretty good show. We have dozen craft breweries, live music, brewing live on site by local home brewers, local food and wine. Festival's premise in and of itself is specific and unusual. Brewers must get Yakima hops from the vine to the vat within 24 hours to create headlining ale. What? More than 70% of American hops... Oh, okay. I see what they're saying. ...are used by brewing... ...are used in brewing come from the Yakima Valley. Well, that's to create the headlining ale, not, the, not all of their beers, just... Right. Headline more, right. yeah. 
Tickets are $25 in advance, $30 at the gate. Got to be 21 to go. And that's in Yakima, Washington. And uh, Sean Craig has an email says he's got around listening to all the shows that have been piling up the MP3 player. He listened to Cezanne's show and heard that the multi-brew experiment was a disaster and two people never checked in. Uh, he never received his shipment and he wishes he had. He wanted to take part in the thing. He says, let's try to do it again. Okay, so someone at UPS is drinking some multi-brews. Yeah. Because usually when you ship beers through UPS and they find out it's beer, they'll mail it back to the sender. This one never came back, and it didn't make it to Sean. Bastards. Ugh. Anyway, the multi-brew experiment, I think, was an experiment in the purest form, right? I mean, it was... The very the first one worked pretty well. The second one, things got in the way, and... I, I definitely want to have one in the future, but I'm not going to start one until I'm sure I have the cycles right. to do it properly. If anyone out there wants to host a multi-brew experiment... Email us, you know, if you want to be the guy who does all the logistics, and I think you're trustworthy enough, then we'll let you be the hub for the multi-brew experiment, and we'll send all the beers to you and let you ship them back out. And you won't be on the hook for shipping. We'll make sure that listeners send return postage with their package. So if anyone's interested in being the chairman for the multi-brew experiment... Let me know. It's an interesting idea. It's one of those things that we, when we were playing around with the format, we were trying to figure out things to do. And it was fun. It was lots of fun, the it first was, one. It was lots of fun. But kind of in the same way as the Beer Geek Roundtable, which is, which is fun, it's not the focus of our show anymore. And our show has kind of gone, gotten to – this is more of a pre-show, post-show discussion, Speaking I think. Speaking of the Beer Geek Roundtable – we're scheduled to have one on the 24th. Really? I think so. I won't be able to do that. Okay. I had no idea. Well, we talked about it. I forgot to promote it. Because life goes on. Did anybody you know, sign up? We have them? a bunch of people interested. I'll, I'll email. If you're interested in the Beer Geek Roundtable, and you've already expressed interest, I have you marked down and tagged in, in We're Gmail. We're so terrible at these, aren't we? Yes, we are. If you already expressed interest, I have you tagged in Gmail. If you haven't and you want to be in the Beer Geek Roundtable, send me an email telling me you're interested, beercraftbeerradio.com. And what we'll do is, in the email thread, we'll work out the time we're having the show. It'll be a lot more feedback than us saying something on the show, forgetting about it, having someone email us and all that stuff. So what's next on our beer list? What's next? I'm still working on this delicious triple from Green Flash. Well, I have an idea. You know, something we haven't gotten to in a while. So, Jeff, what beer are you? What beer am I? Let's recap the clue since it's been a long time. Yes. I am a Belgian-style wit. I am my brewery's first organic beer. My name is the nickname for my brewery. I'm out of this world. That's exactly how you said it last time. The answer is Mothership Wit. I'm nothing if not consistent. From New Belgium Brewing Company. We had like 25 <laughs> people. Right in over the, the three or four weeks we've done this, had this contest open. Martin Schofeld from Massachusetts, Eric Court from South Minneapolis, Steve Sage from Upland, California, Kenneth Blandford, Doug Evans from Stockbridge, Georgia, Randy Farmer from Marietta, Georgia, David Starr from Corvallis, Oregon, Benjamin Scott, Jeff Current from Reno, Nevada, Tom Schmidlin, former beer drinker of the year, Chris Norick, Evansville, Indiana, Chris Washenberger. Rhonda Judike from Scottsdale, Arizona. TJ from Apex, North Carolina. Crappy Seattle suburb Pete. Jeff, uh, 
just Jeff from uh, J. Michael Design. He'll know who he is. Steve Hedin. David Smith from Portland, Oregon. Brian Klasser from St. Peter's, Missouri. Hank Longmire from Athens, Georgia. Paul Gagnon from San Diego. Aaron Chamberlain from Brooklyn, New York. Dave from Milwaukee. Kurt Wallinger from Ashwaubenon, Wisconsin. Derek from Rochester, New York. And the winner is... The winner is lucky number 13, TJ from Apex, North Carolina. <laughs> I, gave, I gave Greg a trick pen, which is cracked and where it screws together, so it shoots apart. Okay, TJ from Apex, North Carolina, congratulations. You just won a pint glass from East End Brewing Company. Buy a good friend a good beer. We're going to give away another glass since we have 25 people and took four weeks to do it. Rhonda, um, Rhonda Judike from Scottsdale, Scottsdale Arizona. Arizona. Both of you have won pint glasses from East End Brewing Company. Buy a good friend a good beer. So what you need to do now is email me with your address. I'm not going to go back and look to see if you already sent it. It takes too much time. Um, so email me your address, and we'll get you out that glass from East End Brewing Company. Heather is no longer watching those brats, so she has more time to help me send out glasses. <laughs> awesome. Yep. That's, that's what a wife's job should be. Exactly. Send out those pint glasses, woman. <laughs> Okay, so clues for what beer am I for episode 89? I'm a pale Weissbach. I am brewed in Kelheim, Germany. I'm the first collaboration my brewery has done in 400 years. Next, I will be brewed in America. So if you know what this beer is, you will send its name to WBAI at craftbeerradio.com to be entered in the comp test for a wonderful pint glass from East End Brewing Company. Bye, good friend, good beer. All right, so next, we don't have a triple next, but we do have this is a Belgian. kind of Belgian honey. Kind ale? of a strong beer that's spiced like a wit beer, but I'm not sure if there's weed in it. Okay. This is Barbar. 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 Ale, ale. Not the, not the <laughs> elephant. An ale brewed with honey and spices, coriander, and orange peel. That's yellow. Here, give me your glass. I'll give you a little bit more. I recently had to fill out something for... There's, there's been a possible identity theft of our social security numbers at work from with this company. That's the backstory. Anyway, so I had to fill out this thing for a... We got a free year subscription to a protect our identity theft service, service mm-hmm. because of it. They asked me my favorite color. <laughs> I wasn't sure what the heck to put. I remember when I was a kid, I liked, you know, I was an astronomy buff, so I liked Saturn, so I always said yellow, but I don't know if, how it fits that that's my favorite color. I don't even have a favorite color. What, what is a favorite color? See, if I was asked my favorite color, I'd probably pick the one I had as a kid, which would be, I can't tell you, because it's identity fair. You know, right. might steal my identity with it. Blue. But, um... You yellow, would be blue. Yellow's a nice color. <laughs> I, I think I also want yellow to be different. <laughs> Because everyone had blue or, or pink, you know. Right. The girls were all pink. The boys were all blue. Oh, I don't like baby blue. So this beer is uh, not really sure who it's brewed by. Imported by Bellucus Marketing Incorporated, Houston, Texas. Oh, here it is. Brasserie Leftbrewer, product of Belgium. Ale brewed with water. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard brewery name to say. Yes. Leftbrewer. Here, you pronounce it then. Laugh a better. That's what I said. <laughs> ale, ale brewed with water, natural honey, 
bitter orange, coriander, wheat, malted barley, hallertau, and styrian hops, and passion. They put passion in the beer. That's fine. You know, that, that's fine for me for a, for a label. I mean, putting passion in the beer just doesn't mean it's good. I mean, maybe it's brewed with love, too. Best before December 13th, 2008. So it, we're best before now. Definitely a sweet smells like aroma. It smells a lot like the the triples, really, for me. No, it doesn't smell like triples. I mean, all, I mean, to me at all because it doesn't have that alcohol bite at all, really. Okay, yeah, it's a little bit sweeter. Well, Jeff, I like it. Yeah, it doesn't really taste like a whip beer. It tastes like a triple with some spicing to it. Not as much alcohol again. There's a bit of bitterness, a bit of uh, hoppy grassiness at the end. Uh, you can definitely taste the honey. There's definitely a sweetness, a sweet profile that hits you right off the bat and, mm-hmm. and flows across your tongue. The uh, coriander is hard to pick out. I'm not sure if I'm able to taste it, really. I think it's there. Think about Think the size. Listen to your tongue, right? And listen to the sides of your tongue as, as it's drifting over. I think you'll be able to detect the coriander there. I know there's some spices in there, but I'm not picking out the coriander. Just not listening to your tongue. Your tongue's screaming at you. (laughs) Probably got... My my coriander sensory cells got ruined by Southampton Double Wit and beers like that. We got an email from Mike Fitzpatrick from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who was listening to our new Belgium episode and heard... uh, her Julia mentioned that her Julia mentioned Moxie from New Holland Brewing. Sorry to disappoint you, but you will not likely find a bottle, according to this news article, which says that there are only four hundred twenty-four bottles in circulation. Oh, that, it's only twelve dollars a bottle, though. Ugh, maybe we can call them up. I don't know. Uh, based probably... on based on what we said about New Belgium, <laughs> like you guys. No, no, don't this like is us. New Holland. Oh, New Holland. Which they've emailed us and wanted to send us some stuff. We'll take some oxy. Thank you very much. Send us some oxy, babe. <laughs> Why do I say babe? Babe, I don't know. I don't know either. Holland, wooden shoes, blonde hair. Fingers Red district. Fingers and dykes. I don't know. <laughs> we got an email from Rocks Burhands. As summer winds down, so does the season for beer fests. At least here in the Carolinas. I've had two beer fests this season and have been somewhat disappointed with the organization. They're typically minimal brewery representation with the exception of local and regional breweries. He goes on to ask us about the um, anatomy of a beer fest, I guess. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I've noticed recently, I didn't get this until I've known, been more in the Pittsburgh beer scene. A lot of the tables manned at a beer fest are volunteers working for the wholesaler. Right. A lot of people are not affiliated with the brewery, which is quite disappointing if you want to find out information about the beer. A lot of people were pouring a beer that they might not have known anything about until they started pouring that beer. It happens. I mean, okay, the Great American Beer Fest, you're likely going to find some brewers there. The North Carolina you know, Firefighters 301 Beer Fest, yeah, it, 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 it may be hard to find it, the, the Pittsburgh uh, Backwater Beer Fest. Well, even the Penn Fest. I mean, yeah. the biggest one in town, a lot of the tables. Vicini, basically, I don't know who signed up for the Beer Fest, but Vicini was doing the legwork for a lot of their breweries where 
there weren't wasn't any brewery representatives. Now, um, Wolliver's was the example. Otter Creek, you know, uh, Mister Wolliver. I can't remember his first name. Right. Sorry, he was there, and Tony was there, and told, we had an interview with him. But a lot of the beers that Vicini represents were poured exclusively by people who didn't work for Vicini's, didn't work for the brewery, but were helping out pouring beers, getting their in into the beer scene. Well, you poured for East End. You don't work for East End. But I I know Scott, and I'm a rare breed when I pour beers because I try to educate everyone who I give the beer to about what the beer is supposed to taste like, (laughs) and most of them don't care. It's yeah. funny because, I mean, I actually got comments from Scott like, holy cow, are you really working overtime? Because I was pouring like the whip beer. And every time I pour a whip beer, I'd say, this is a Belgian whip beer spiced with orange peel and coriander, you know, the, <laughs> you know every single time. And, I mean, you got to understand that, that you know, part of it is that it's not just beer geeks who go to these things. People go to these things to get drunk. Well, people go, but why not try to, it's like. It's carpet bombing, right? So, so why not try to pitch it to every no, no, single I'm person? No, I'm with you. I'm okay. with you about ed- trying to educate, but uh, but in terms of of rocks, you know what rocks is saying in terms of the anatomy of a beer fest. I do think that some distributors feel like you know, well, we'll send our beer to this beer fest, and maybe we'll. This is a question we should it's, ask. It's fishing, right? Maybe we'll, we'll catch some gold. We'll catch some people who will be interested in to us, but most people. Are there to get drunk? Well, you know, there's there's two sides. We should have Scott answer this question from East End Brewing, but he gets a lot of promotion, a lot of play from a beer fest because right. a lot of beer fests, the brewery has to bring their own beer. The fest doesn't buy it. The fest charges like thirty bucks a person to get in, right. but they don't buy the beer. So basically, Scott's donating beer to get promotion to people, and he does these beer fests because they get attention. So, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. And, you know, I'm out there trying to educate everyone I hand a glass to. People who walk up and say, what's your lightest beer or what's your strongest, strongest beer? I almost tell them, just go to another table. I haven't yet, but I really want to tell them, just go away. Go somewhere else. You know, there's, you know, Budweiser over there or something. Just oh, the pen fest, there was no Budweiser. Yeah, I know, but I just can't say There was a light lager or two. What's your strongest beer? I'm just like, go away. I wish I could say that, but... Yeah, but it's like at bars. People are at bars generally to get drunk. I think what I'm going to start doing is next time people say, what's your lightest beer? I'm going to pour them the stout. <laughs> oh, that's it, man. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's good. That's not, that's not right. No, that's not right, but... Seattle Steve wrote in. This is uh, another guy who doesn't live in a, a crappy su- suburb like Pete does. Um, any p- room parties at the Great American Beer Fest for craft beer radio listeners? I'm going on the Thursday session, but renting a car and going pop hopping the rest of my days, Friday through Sunday. Steve, it's getting close. It's only, what, 34 days away from here? Um, I We might be doing something at Wine Coop Brewing. Not sure. It's not going to be a save the you know rent out a room and have a craft beer radio party, but I'm going to try to figure out where I'm going to be at a certain time. And if listeners want to come and hang out with me, then that'd be awesome. Be very cool. I want to find a pub that's not wall to wall people. And uh, Julia Hertz from the Brewer Association said Wine Coop might be a good place to do it. So uh, this week I will try to. Uh, figure out when I will be at Wine Coop 
and I will post it up on the website. I'm really getting upset that I'm going to have to miss this one. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's, I wish you could come too. It'd be more fun. I can't. I really can't yeah. do it. Putnam Club member Gary is going to take your place, that's all. I guess so. Jason Wamsley writes that he purchased a Monk's we were talking about. The uh, Monk's Cafe, uh, what was the name of the beer? Uh, Monk's Flanders Red or something like that. He purchased it in Tennessee not too long ago. Great stuff. We mentioned we were curious on how Jamie could get it in Virginia. And we can't get it here when it's a bar in Pennsylvania. Well, it's in Tennessee as well, so... Keep your eyes up for the monks if you live so in the like, south. Is, is Pittsburgh like, like a dearth of beer? I mean, <laughs> it's hardly a dearth of beer. Pittsburgh's a great yeah, place. I, I can't keep up with the beers that are coming to Pittsburgh. But there's certain beers that don't come to Pittsburgh that we, we really wish we could get. A true so. shame. A true shame. For example, the um, the what beer am I? I really want to try that, but I haven't seen it in Pittsburgh yet. So, Which you, If you know what the what beer am I is, remember, send your answer to what WBAI. <laughs> send your answer and, and the beer to WBAI. Craft Beer Radio. Brent Dills wrote in. He um, sent us some emails, but his PS was the part that you know is useful to sharing with the rest of the listeners. He went to Goose Island Brewery Brew Pub, which is in Chicago, uh, block or two from Wrigley Field. Nice place. Goose Island is pretty widely distributed, and he tried to avoid anything he could easily get at his house, so he tried the Kolsch and the Porter, and both were nice. He liked the Kolsch. But he's not familiar with the style, so he didn't have too much to compare it to. It was a perfect for a nice ninety degree night. And Those are not nice. I want to. I want to <laughs> challenge Brett here on a ninety degree night being nice. Yeah, especially in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, the a porter sweltering ninety degree night. I would agree with. Yes. <laughs> the porter was really nice, very flavorful, and a great mouthfeel. Hope they get the get to bottle it at some point. The food was perfectly fine. And nothing he would go out of his way for, though. He had the buffalo meatloaf. Yeah, buffalo is not exactly a fatty meat, so it might... I mean, a meatloaf, you kind of need to have that. Okay, so the next beer we're drinking is an American beer from Clipper City Brewing Company in... uh, Baltimore? Baltimore? Yep, they are in Baltimore. I just wasn't sure if they were exactly in Baltimore. This is the Holy Sheet. Holy Sheet! S-H-E-E-T. It's an Uber Abbey Ale. The Uber comes from their uh, Heavy Seas series. They have the Uber Pills, and this is their Uber Abbey. It looks so, like. So is this like the the Shroud of Turin, the a Holy Sheet? The Holy Sheet. <laughs> <laughs> this year bottle has a fine layer of yeast at her bottom. It won't send you to Davy Jones's locker, but will protect the brew from rigors of life at sea. Is that your is that your pirate or your? Your, your swathy kind of accent? Swathy, yeah. Boy, From nice. the centuries-old tradition of Belgian Abbey Ales comes Uber Abbey Ale. Aromatic, full-bodied, pouring deep burgundy in color. It's bold, it's heavy seas. Grab a line, holy sheet, or you'll be you're swept really, overboard. You're, you're 9% really, alcohol by volume. You're really jumping for information. Maybe I should, I should read stuff in Australian now. I should do like in Australian. Oh, I might. <laughs> Good eye, Mike. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this beer. Let me tell you about it. it. It's so it pours a dark brown. You can just barely see like your fingers on the other side of the glass. Oh, like too, right? <laughs> so the aroma you're getting some alcohol, some almost hmm, a lot of alcohol, a yeah. lot of alcohol, good alcohol smell too, though. It's just mm, savory. A little bit of raisins, maybe. 
My brain says raisins. My nose isn't sure, though, so I'm not really sure what's in there. I'm detecting an aroma that I associate. Ooh, take a sip of that. That's SOB right there, man. That's holy sheet. Holy, holy sheet. That's nice. Why, mate? Oh. <laughs> Too right? Our few Australian listeners are going to hate us. <laughs> or love us. It's one of the two. Probably our New Zealand listener as well. I want to shout, give another shout out to Flight of the Concourse, which I love, by the way. Hey, that's that's. A, let's do a call out. Let's see. Do we have any listeners in Asia, Africa, or the Middle East, Eastern Europe, South America? Do we have any listeners from there? Because I don't recall ever getting an email from any of those places. Yeah. Actually, no. From Japan, we've gotten some emails. Yeah, a few from Japan, but yeah, I don't know if we've gotten anything from like Russia. Or... Yeah, we have several listeners from. Australia, New Zealand. I don't think we've got anything from South America. This is a very pruny taste to it, if you ask me. Yeah, prune. Maybe there's some oxidized flavors in here, but I think got, it complements the beer. We got a, a, a South Africa, didn't we, at one point, or something like that? Forgive me if I've forgotten, but I don't know. Or if you're in a non-English-speaking country. If you're in Spain or France, Germany, send us an email. Let us know. That'd be pretty cool. We've had some some people from Germany before, but like we've had like Americans yeah. who are living in Denmark and things like that, which is still cool. That's great. But I'm just curious, you know, what are you know we have our farthest away listener, which you know mathematically is either Jeff or Greg, you know, in Australia, yeah, New Zealand. I'm not sure exactly which string is longer. I think it might be Greg, but I'm not quite sure. Okay, um, but you know. If we have a listener in a country who we're only like 2% of the population speaks English, that'd be pretty cool too, you know? If like someone from the United Arab Emirates is like listening to us, <laughs> where you can't have alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to live vicariously through us. Actually, you might be able to have alcohol in the United Arab Emirates. It's a little more liberal. It's not like it's Iran or anything, yeah. right? Yeah, I doubt we have any Iranian listeners. I don't think we'd... So back think we'd, we'd to the... Uh, purity muster. Back to the holy sheet. This is... Raisiny type flavor, prune. Definitely that sort of dried, dark fruit flavor. This beer was supposed to be drunk by last month, so it's a little bit old, but... I think it, you, you I have think a little bit of leeway with it, right? The a oxidation couple. could actually help this style. With all those prune flavors, that's where oxidation I, This really doesn't taste that oxidized to me, so... Right. It doesn't... I mean, I think that with, if you're within a month and it's not a lager, I think you're fine. Jason from Kentucky says he wanted to comment on several items in the past year. Greg, I tried the Stone 10th anniversary before I heard you guys review it and your reference to urinals. I called it Urinal Cake IPA. There was just something about it that reminded me of a urinal cake. I got a kick out of the fact that you had the urinal experience as well. See? See? I'm not the only one. Right. No. Jason and I totally see the same thing in there. And it's not that we... I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for Jason here, but it's not that we're disgusted by it or that it's an awful, terrible aroma or flavor. It's that there's something there that reminds us of that. I can understand the Ural cake, minty, floral aroma coming it's, with hops, but you were saying at one point that it was more it's not to urinal be sans cake. Yeah, I mean, maybe the cake has something to do with it. Maybe Jason's right on that factor. To mm-hmm. me, I associate it with... If you take all that really nasty, awful aroma from a urinal and take that out of it, but 
keep some of that biological smell. <laughs> some of the ammonia and stuff like that. Some of the some of that that comes through from beer, which is essentially a waste product of yeast, right? It, it's yeast pee. There's biological aromas and stuff in there that are bound to cross. And I think that whatever Stone does, however Stone does it, they catch that. And Stone's not the only one guilty of this. Right. Or or in, if you're in your case, it might not be guilty. It might be promoting this or it might be, you know. He goes on to ask me to please put the bodily noises back into the show. You guys mentioned that in most recent shows that you edited some of the smelling and swallowing sounds. <laughs> Greg snorted some holy sheet. That's how you get to be a smart ass there, Greg. Poor Greg. We'll have to not edit that part out for sure. Just because he's being a smart ass and uh, sucks some beer up his nose. He never thought the sounds were out of place before. And now they are, he says, but now that they are missing, he noticed it. Now, I'm curious because maybe for a show, I was a little more conservative and taking out more sounds. And usually it's only when Greg has a sniffly nose and he's and doing that kind of thing. I try to take that, that sound out. But in general, I think if you listen to 88, I don't think Jason would have much of a problem with the biological sounds in 88. And everyone's just sick now because of Greg snorting up his beer. Sick or laughing, one of the two, which I'm happy with. Either or. His only thoughts approaching criticism is that just before the Belgian flight, the shows sound like we didn't really want to do the show anymore. He didn't know why, but the dynamics weren't there. No, he said once we started the Belgians, we were back in the swing of things. I don't think we were ever tired of doing the show. Maybe it was just a couple... There's that law of craft beer radio where the quality of the beer is directly proportioned to the quality of the show, the entertainability quotient of the show. So maybe we had shows with just a bunch of non-exciting beers, and we just weren't able to make an exciting show out of it. I guess it's possible. I mean, there's also... Look, everyone of... Everyone... Well, not everyone, but most people here are fans of a sports team of one sort or another, right? And as much as you say, my team is going to play hard every single game, there are games when they have lulls. There are shows... When we go through lulls, and usually... Maybe the shows aren't as good, but I mean, I'm excited usually, to do a show every time. Usually Jeff, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. Usually it's either me or Jeff doesn't have a good show, and one of us kind of picks up the slack. Sometimes I guess it's possible that we both are on a bad show. It can happen. It could be. We, yeah, I want to, you know, ensure Jason and everybody else that we're always excited. I mean, are you kidding me? We get to drink beer and talk about it, and people actually listen to it and care about what we talk, what we say. There's nothing is a more gratifying well, the fact that, that, that people we've managed to become say. bonafide beer journalists yeah. doing this crap. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a people actually listen to what we say, which is really gratifying for the ego, right? Always, and b, it's, I mean, it's just fun to do. We're drinking beer and we're just hanging out, and we're friends, and we're just you know hanging out with each other. Right. So, he, uh, he says he's rambled on long enough. He ordered the DVD. He says if there's one thing he doesn't want to win, it's the uh, the pink dogfish head ladies' panties. Do we have anybody who said they wanted those? I don't think there is. If there's someone out there who wants the panties, you don't even have to win the drawing. The first person <laughs> to email me saying, give me the panties, gets the panties. You want to grab those and see what size they are? I saw, they're, they're, medium? They're, they're medium. Medium? We've talked about that okay. before. Medium. So if you want a medium, um, they're the low... They're not bikinis. They're... I don't know what the hell they're called. 
Tight it's the titties. only one that we're kind of like iffy about how to send it out. So, well, there's you know there's a whole problem of sending like an extra large shirt to a rather large person and right. things like that. So I don't know. We'll have to work out things like that as we get to them. So most of the shirts are large and extra week. large. Yeah, next week. <laughs> as you see, we're just flying blind here. Go go for what we can when we can. Right. Those hats are awesome though. Those hats. And All the hats are good. The glasses. The, and the doggy, the doggy oh. bowl is great. That's so cool. It's a big dog bowl. It is. Uh, if there was things I could keep, I would keep a Brooklyn hat, the Surly glass. Heather wants the Surly shirt. The books are nice, too. Yeah, I'd love to keep a copy of the Brewmaster's Table. Actually, I haven't cracked one open to read it yet. So you should be appreciative if you win the Brewmaster's Table and you see the spine's not cracked, because it took a lot of willpower not to do that. <laughs> Any news on your baby, Jeff? Heather had a checkup. Just more heartbeats. Next week, after I get back from San Francisco, we're doing the ultrasound, where you actually get to see the baby and maybe learn the sex. Ah. So if he's hung like me, we'll know right away. Daddy's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Bastard. (laughs) Jeff Kern from We Know Nevada Roasting. Guys, first off, I appreciate the show and share your interest in funky. 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 Flanders Reds is what he goes on to say. Listen, Listen to show 86 and the two Flanders and the Petrus. He would agree the Monks is awesome. A few years back, he lives in Philly and really loves to stop by Monks for a beer. He's been working on brewing the style of Flanders Red. He got some pointers from Jamil Zanishev. Jamil is, um, he does a, the Jamil show on the brewingnetwork.com. It's, it's a good home brewing show. I mean, apparently Jamil is an accomplished Flanders Red brewer. He's a, apparently he's an accomplished Flanders Red brewer. Jeff here talked to him at the HA conference in Denver. He just goes on to say, check out Jamil's website, uh, MrMalty.com, if you have interest in brewing a Flanders Red. Sounds cool. I'd love to brew one someday. It'd be fun. But It'd be, you gotta I'd be curious. throw away the fermenter. Well, when I've read about brewing lambics, they say to have separate cold side equipment, have a separate fermenter and things like that, so the wild yeast don't take up residence and ruin your non-lambic beers. I don't know if Flanders Reds are the same way. I'll have to look into it. Since you have to inoculate it with something in order to get that sourness, I imagine it's the same way. Well, Flanders Reds are all 100 pretend ICs and some other things. It's not really spontaneously fermented. The yeast might not be as virulent, but I don't know. It's still yeast, right? So. Yeah. All right, well, I think it's time to do a, 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 a review. Or do you want to do one more? Or say that for a post show? I think we should say that for the post show, just because mm. it's starting to get a little bit... <laughs> okay. All right. Ooh, that holy sheet. I just took a rather big sip to finish it. I like it. They're all good. This is another week where we have a hard luck loser because they're all four beers are good. Mm-hmm. One of them just has to be last. Number one, I think I'm going to put the Green Flash Triple. I agree that it was a Golden Bear winner at the California State right. Fair. That was just a full triple. It was had more things going on than a lot of triples. A lot of triples are just alcohol and sharpness and, and sugar and... Number two, I'm going to put the Holy Sheet uh, from from Clipper City Brewing. It was just a very good Uber Abbey. It had a lot of raisins going on in it. Uh, the alcohol, tasty beer. Number three, I'm going to put on the Barbar. It was a triple with a little bit of spicing to it. A little bit of this, that, the other thing. I really couldn't taste the coriander, but I could appreciate the honey, the orange peel, and all that stuff going in there to, to make the final product. And number four, I'm going to put the triple from New Belgium. And it's not because I didn't like it. Compared to a lot of Belgian triples I've had, I liked it a lot. 
It just we just happened to grab four very good beers tonight. Yeah. Why don't you set up that wiki? We can. I want to test to see how well the first beer we we drink fares, because I f- okay. I fear that the first beer we drink gets overshadowed by other beers. Paddle me last week, for instance. My ranking is a little different. Okay. Bar Barber is my favorite. I, I like oh, yeah? the honey stuff. I like what was coming out of it. I really did enjoy it a lot. So I'm going to go with Bar Bar number one. I, I really thought that was nice and good. I don't know exactly why it's my favorite, but for me, I'm thinking that Bar Bar was good. That's cool. Uh, it's a, you know an unknown Belgian import that yeah. I just grabbed off the shelf. I was planning on doing it with the... Well, I was reading the label, and I saw the coriander, and I thought we'd do it with a whip beer show. And then when I went online, I saw it was a higher alcohol. It was a Belgian golden strong ale with spices. So that's why I did, we didn't do it on the whip beer show. Uh, probably Green Flash snacks that uh, cinnamon apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really nice. Um, we still got a fair bit of the Green yeah. Flash left for the post show. We also have this one where we can yes. save that. Probably save it, I guess. All right. Uh, the next two. You know what? I'm going to do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of. I really did like the New Belgium Triple. I thought it was really nice and 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 drinkable. A drinkable triple for an eight percent beer, close to eight percent. That that's pretty remarkable. Um, Holy Sheet was really great too. Hard luck loser. Hard luck loser. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We'll be back next week with the drawing, the grand prize drawing for the Craft Beer Radio giveaway. And we'll be doing uh, probably the Algash Bears. We'll do a vertical spotlight of Algash Brewing Company in uh, Maine, Portland, Maine? They're in Maine, but I'm not sure. Portland. Uh, It'll be good. A lot of Belgian-style beers. We have a... um, we have Victor, which is a, uh, a ale brewed with grapes. We have uh, Kriu, which is a uh, bourbon barrel aged beer. We have Odyssey, which is the quad that Greg knows about. And wow. uh, oh, their anniversary beer, the 13. So it'll be a pretty cool show. I like it. All right. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. And uh, send us an email beer at craftbeerradio.com. Quickly for another country. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com or check out our website, craftbeerradio.com, for forums and more information. Our music, opening and closing, were Out of Towners by the band St. Dragon, available from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Party on it.